Welcome back to episode 209 of Your Best Year Starts Here. And Nigel, we finished the last episode talking about putting versus driving, talking about tiny incremental shifts, talking about, you know, making your B game strong. In fact, one of the things I'll say to start this episode is if you make your B game stronger than everybody else's A game, you'll always win. Yeah, 100%. So, so what I was sharing with is that I get asked a lot, why do I use sporting analogies to help people? Because people could recognize sport even if you don't even understand the sport. So I'll ask you a quick question, and I don't know if you've seen the rise of Wrexham Football Club. Yep. Do you know who the manager of Wrexham is? Nope. Do you know who scored the goal that got them promoted from non-league football and professional football? Nope. But I'll bet you know who one of the owners is. Nope. You don't even know who, you know, Ryan Reynolds, (laughs) who bought into the club. Uh, No, no, nothing. Being I'm, being, I'm being ignorant on purpose here. Yeah. But, you know, but what we do is we know who that celebrity is and we know how phenomenal by having a star at the top and how they've all gone around it that sometimes you just need a bit of oomph, which goes back <laughs> to what we were saying in the last episode. But nobody knows who the manager is. Nobody knows who scored the goal. And it was against Boreham Wood, which is my local team around the corner. But the reason I want to share about golf is that golf is a very, very weird game. Because you're really playing against yourself. Yep. And, you know, and I share this on stage a lot, that there's a white ball that doesn't move. And if you're right-handed, the target's always to your left. And you've got an enormous stick, and all you got to do is hit it about 300 yards to the left. That's all you got to do. But so much gets in the way. But the problem is, what most people do is they practice with a big shaft of a driver at a golf range. Mm-hmm. And they hit it 200 yards. And I go, well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But that's not the issue because women, and this is not meant to be sexist in any form, will normally hit the ball slightly shorter but straighter. Mm-hmm. And then their second shot will be slightly shorter but straighter. Then, then all they're going to do is to putt. Mm-hmm. Women putt, sorry, women practice putting more than men. Mm-hmm. And most people lose their golf game, and I am Mr. Shite at putting because I don't practice it. Um, but I'm good with a driver or a five iron, is that the, the last bit of the game, which is no different to a business transaction, is putting. Mm-hmm. Now, I had a... Uh, I'm trying... Marie, Marie Claire was my French golf instructor when I was in Florida, and I had her for six years. And she said, Nigel, if you hit the ball short, it will never go in the hole. Now, just in case you didn't hear my pronunciation... If you hit a ball short, it can't go in the hole. Yeah, I had a dodgy French accent. Yeah, she said, why would you do that? It can't ever get in the hole if you're short. Uh But we get scared, and that's the last bit of a transaction. So we've done this marketing, and we've got the salespeople involved, and we've got a fancy office or a fancy website, and then just when it comes to delivery of the last bit, we overpromise and underdeliver. And that's what golf is like. You know, we've done this enormous shot, we're seven feet from the hole. Not that complicated. You've practiced it thousands of times, except people haven't. So what you've got to do is, is deliver the letter, is to ring up the client. Did you get the proposal? Mm-hmm. So we don't, 
Wait, oh, when, when you, no, I was going to say when you said we overpromise and under the under deliver, I thought you were actually going to say we just fail to ask for the business. Well, no, that's a separate bit. That's that's the other bit. But we've now got the business. That's the whole point. We've done all the hard work. We're playing in the finals. We're on the golf course. We've got. We just need to be hit on par. We just need to have four shots. We've done a phenomenal drive, and now we've got eight feet to the hole. Mm-hmm. And we just get tentative, and we don't deliver properly. And if we look at where we fail in business, it's unlikely it's the big stuff. Mm-hmm. It's this small stuff that we think doesn't matter. The amount of times, do you remember the old days of getting a, a letter and you get an, a, you'd get a, a, an envelope, so you get a, get a notice from the postman. Uh, you've got to go to the post office because they haven't put the right stamps on. Oh, it still happens. Well, and you kind of think, in this day and age, how is that possible? Or you send an email, and you the, the email address is so complicated, you don't double-check, or you don't sign, and you think, you've, dear anybody, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, a, it's one of those mass emails. I love when I get an email, dear Mr. N. And you think, <laughs> you a little bit more, and you're nearly right. And, and so they've done all the hard work. They've got my email address. They've got my interest. I've signed up. I've subscribed. Yep. And then you don't deliver the last bit. So I'd like everyone who's listening to think about golf. It's not hard to hit the foot of the ball first. The ball's not moving and you're on a small tee. So you should be able to hit it 150 yards. The second shot, you might be lucky because you might be on, it might be on the fairway. But the third shot or fourth, you're not that long. And we're tentative. Our shoulders go up. I love watching people playing golf. Because you nearly know they haven't looked where, the, where their feet are. You haven't looked where the hole is, and they lift their head up like that's going to help. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about, my, my coach said, uh, listen to where the ball lands. If it hits, if it's in the hole, you're here. Why are you looking? <laughs> it's too late. Because you kind of look up to see where it goes. And that's what we do with our clients. We don't deliver the final part, and whether it's in marketing or in sales, or even as a parent, Mm-hmm. Just the last bit. It's been a bit, a bit like a dinner time. You've served this wonderful meal, and then instead of listening to your kids, you pick up your phone and you don't listen to the answer, and you've just ruined that relationship. Mm-hmm. Just complete simple tasks, and as Peter Thompson says, forward to basics. Get the basics right. Turn up on time. Smile. Deliver what you say you're going to deliver, and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Don't get in your own way, and don't get in their way. So here's a question. What's the $2 hot dog on your $1,000 plate? Oh, my God. This is a great This is, What's the $2 hot dog? On your $1,000 plate. Okay, I'm not bright enough to even understand so, where so, we're going. So, so let me explain this one. I read a book recently called Unreasonable Hospitality. Okay, and I I apologize if I get the story slightly wrong, because this is my recollection of reading something once. Right. So, yeah, if I read it again, it might be a little bit more factually correct. But a multiple Michelin starred um, restaurant in New York doubled down on making its hospitality really good. Okay, and to eat there is about a thousand dollars per person. Okay, so it's about a thousand dollars per person, multiple course meal, whatever. And um, one of the waiting staff one night overheard one of the people sat for dinner saying that it was their last night in New York and this meal was phenomenal. And their one culinary regret was that they hadn't got a hot dog from a street vendor while they were in New York. 
And one of the waiting staff heard it and he told the head of hospitality and he rushed out to the street. We got a Frank's hot dog. Bought a $2 hot dog, rushed back to the kitchen, gave it to his head chef, who's got several Michelin stars, and said, I want you to plate this. And the head chef initially is like, what? Like, what do you want to, why would I do that? He's like, I know you don't want to do this, but it's really, really important to one of our guests. And so we cut this hot dog at funny angles and stuff and put swirls of ketchup and mustard and things on the plate. And they took it out and they presented this to the guests. What do you think they were raving about? Was it the food they paid a thousand dollars for? Or was it the, or was it the $2 hot dog? Hot dog? Exactly. 100% the hot dog. Okay. Exactly. So it's really funny. You just mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, I was watching on YouTube, a rerun of Michael McIntyre who had gone into a woman's house taken food out of the freezer, given it to Michael Rue of the Rue brothers, mm-hmm. gone to La Gavroche, and they had served her food. <laughs> and the, the, the best line was, she said, I make this type of soup, but I normally put a bit more flavour in it. And it was just unbelievable hearing. It, you just, I mean, this woman being served all of her own food, Mm-hmm. And then giving feedback to Michael Rue about the food in served. It was from it, her freezer. Five minutes just to watch. Yeah. Because it, that, you're right. That last little bit of detail is what clarifies and quantifies what people want. And yeah. if you just give people what they want. Yeah. And, and, and it applies in all situations. So, you know, if we go back to the, the thing I thought you were going to say about people not asking for the order, right? You know, if you think about the world we're in today, Okay, and um, I was spending some time with a guy called Marcus Sheridan about a week ago, actually. And he's an awesome guy. If you want to know about sort of internet marketing and how to do it well, go read his book, They Ask You Answer. Okay, in- incredible book. Um, but, you know, one, one of the things that um, Marcus talks about is, you know, basically 80% or more than 80% these days of a transaction is often done before someone even contacts you provided you've got enough information out there about you for them to do their research, right? And everyone, I mean, serious question. When's the last time you bought something and did you research it online first? 100%. Right? Because we all do. It's just what we do these days, right? You, you get an idea of something you want to buy, you pull your phone out, you look at Amazon reviews or you go to Google or whatever, right? It's just what we do, especially if we're spending any significant amount of money, right? Yeah, but just holding that thought, even if you're only spending five twenty dollars on a book, you still go to Amazon to look at the reviews. Exactly. You don't you don't go to Waterstone to just order it. You do all the reviews. Exactly right. But so just imagine for a minute, you've you've put the effort in, you've researched the thing you're going to buy. You know, you're you're eighty eighty percent or more over the line, but it's something you need to contact the business first. When someone calls you or they email you, they've already qualified that they're interested in you. Yet, how many businesses fail to close that business? Well, what, just on your note, it, it, it baffles me that when somebody emails me and I reply within seconds, but, you know, I, you know, as everyone knows, I only speak for 42 minutes, then I have breaks, and then I look at my phone, or I'm on a plane and I've still got Wi-Fi because I can't not be on my phone. But when I reply to an email, they go, I'm amazed you've called so quickly. And my standard reply is, I wrote a book called The Impact Code. I better make an impact. Yep. I'm still gobsmacked a week, a month. I mean, the book's been out nearly 20 years. Then people go, you, I can't believe you called back. Well, they've done 80% <laughs> of the work. I've just got to close the deal. Yeah. But, but, but it's but, amazing how people don't come back. Then they don't ask for the business 
or don't check in. Exactly. Exactly. There, there are, there are, you know, and again, you know, if you're listening to this, it might not be you, right? Because if you're listening to this, you're obviously someone who actually cares and pays attention and is trying to improve. But there's a lot of business out there, especially in certain sectors right now, where it's like business is easy. And because business is easy, they ain't chasing it. That's great. But guess what? All those people you didn't call back will remember when business is tough. So, you know, if if you're in a market where stuff's easy for you, fantastic. If you're in a market where, you know, you're inundated with work, fantastic. But all those people you've let down now will remember it and they won't call you again. Well, so, you, know, you know, so manage the, I think the key message I'm trying to say there is manage the expectation, right? Well, you know, through lockdown that, you know, some of my clients, especially in hospitality and hotels, that I charge Diet Coke and chocolate. And as you can see, it's still there if you're watching the top video. <laughs> I'm amazed uh, you haven't eaten it all yet, actually. I, I, I know, I, I've seen you with chocolate. I know, but what I'm saying is, but some of my clients have come back to me and said, we remember you sending books out and doing some stuff, and you were kind enough to us, so we're going to try and reciprocate. It wasn't done for that reason. No. There were two reasons it was done. One, they had no money, and two, I was bored. Yep. You know, so, you know, so I said to them, if I'm around, I'll do something for the team. I still do certain things for teams now and for individual people. And running, I've got the time. Why wouldn't I? And I'm curious for everyone who's listening today, if you could make a phone call just to add some value to someone, it doesn't take much, but it means so much to them. And I'll leave that thought. It doesn't take much, but it means so much to them. And what could you do that would mean so much they would repeat that story to someone at a dinner party So I've got a client who I first met in 1997. And the daughter, I've got to get this right here. He had to leave the session because his daughter was being born. Mm -hmm. She's now an HR director. And I just sent her one of my books Mm -hmm. saying, I remember when you were born. (laughs) And the dad has just emailed me literally saying, I can't believe you sent her a book. And I can't believe you mentioned that comment. I mean, it was such a pivotal moment, but I'm so proud that this young lass yep. who's now 25 is now running a large company or do, running the HR. And of course I'd send her a book. Why wouldn't I send her a book? Yep. And it doesn't take no much. no idea anything going to come of it. No, but, and but it doesn't take much and it makes a massive it difference. It means right? so much. That's yep. the point. It doesn't take, take much. much means so it much. Means so much. It's and a I'll bit, leave that well, with you. All I was going to say, it's a bit like leaving us a review, in it? And I'll leave that thought with you. <laughs> <laughs> Your best shit.